0: This is an awesome welcome. Thank you. Tyler, I need you to be at every message I, I'm teaching, please. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Uh, Restore family, it feels so good to be with you this morning. I've been really anxious to be with you all together. Um, for those of you that are new or who are visiting, I'm so glad you're here. My prayer for everyone this morning is that we can all tap into what God is saying to us today, collectively and individually. Uh, as Aaron said, um, I'm going to kind of go over the I Am series, which we've been walking through. We are in week six of the seven-week series. Um, basically, we've talked so much, and we've learned so much in our lifetime about what Jesus did. Sorry, guys. About what he did um, but what's more important if we choose a life of following Christ is is knowing him for who he is and who he was. And so he actually tells us who he is. That's popping a lot. Okay. Sorry guys. Can you hear me all right? So he actually, through the book of John and all other places as well, but especially through the book of John, he has seven I am statements and uh let's see we've been, this these are the ones we've done thus far if you have not been here for any of these messages um check them out tomorrow online they're all online uh these are the ones that we've done let's see he he has said he's described himself as the light he is abundant life he is your guide he is your sustainer and last week we heard joel preach that he is the only way to god and this week we're going to talk about how jesus is is the vine he's the provider so I'm going to invite you guys to open up your Bibles with me. Um, if you do not have your own, there are plenty of them on the seats. And and this is, I think every time I, I teach I say this, because this is this is how I like to teach. I like to take the scripture and I like to just walk through it together. It's less pressure on me to come up with some exciting speaker talk. Um, and really it just, it, it takes us right, right where we need to be. Um, so open up to page 752. Um, it's important that you follow along and hang on to this throughout the service because I'm going to be talking about parts of it and I want you to be able to look at the scripture as I'm talking about it we are not putting all the verses on the screen because I'd like you to look in in the Bible so we're going to read chapter 15 and we're gonna I'm first going to read the whole thing and then I'll break it down for you orange so chapter 15 we're going to go 1 through 11 page 752 in the orange Bible. Jesus is saying I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I as I also remain in you and that your joy may be complete. If you will bow your heads and close your eyes we're going your to pray together. Lord, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for tethering yourself to us and offering yourself as our guide and our sustainer and our provider. God, this morning, um, I just pray that whatever it is you have to say to your loved ones in this room, um, that it would be clear. Uh, and that nothing would cloud what they need to hear today lord i pray that we as a church um, would continue to tether ourselves to you and to abide in you amen all right let's walk through this together we're going to go kind of piece by piece i'm going to be honest i i um oh can't hear me well Can't help? Okay, excuse me. All right. No more Britney Spears moments for me. All right, so I have to say, uh, when I was studying the scripture, excited to, to teach you guys and share this with you guys, um, there's some like really heavy, hitting, blunt stuff that Jesus says in here. That is, was tough for me to read and tough for me to chew on. And I went to Aaron the other night, and I said, I'm not sure if I should be the one to deliver some of this because I think some people are going to be, like, bothered and messed with. And Aaron challenged me, and he said, oh, yes, you are. You're going to do this. You got this. And so I get to say this. These aren't my words. These are Jesus' words. So if you get mad, you just, you're going to have to talk to him about it but let's walk through this together. It's good, good stuff. Okay, we're going to go kind of piece by piece. So that first line, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. I want to give you a little bit of context here, because I think we all kind of have a pretty good understanding of uh, the imagery he's painting here with the vine and the branches. That's true. But let's understand a little bit why he's specifically saying it uh, to his disciples here. Okay, so In the Old Testament, Israel was commonly referred to as the vine. And not really in a positive way, in a negative way. Every time they are pointed out as the vine that did not produce fruit. So Jesus, just in this one line, is actually preaching some gospel. Because here's what he's saying. He's saying, you couldn't produce fruit. But I'm here. And I'm going to help you produce fruit. I'm the true vine. Hence the word truth. That's what he's emphasizing. He's saying, listen, all this time you thought you had to do this on your own, but I came to help you because you can't do it on your own. So that's me. I'm here. You're welcome. I'll be your vine. Now let's move on. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Okay. Let's talk about pruning a little bit because I think pruning is something that can be kind of cloudy and really I think there's a lot of Christians who don't embrace a pruning season or being pruned because it hurts. And I think as human beings we do what we can to escape pain. And we even kind of paint the god picture over it because if you're if you're a follower of god you shouldn't experience any pain. False. Not true. That's obviously not a true thing because God continually wants to grow us and change us and he wants to take anything off of us that is not producing fruit for him because the truth is, we're human. We still wander off and do it on our own and try to produce things that look like fruit, but they're not, so he wants to prune them. So here's how you know if you're being pruned. As a follower of Jesus, if you feel tension, if you feel fear, if you feel confused, um, out of control, there's a more than decent chance that he's trying to prune you. He's trying to cut out something from you. Maybe it is, it could be a number of things. It could be literally something from your schedule that he, you need to get off your schedule. It could be something that's part of your, that you own as your personality that he's saying, that doesn't glorify me and we need to cut it off. And that needs to change your dislikes, your lifestyle. It could be anything that he is giving you a brick wall because he needs you to prune it because it's not going to grow. It's not going to produce fruit. And in order for you to produce more fruit, it needs to be cut off so you can carry the weight of the good fruit that's going to come out, okay? Let's move on. The next line says, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now here he's directly saying to the disciples, listen, You know the word I've spoken to. you. I've been teaching you all this time. Guys, this is just a couple days before Jesus is actually going to die on a cross. So he's reminding them, think about all the stuff that I've taught you because you have the ability to be cleaned up by that. I've walked walked with you. I've taught you everything. You know my word. You know this stuff. So that's what he's saying in this line. Next, he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it is, excuse me, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So that's the line I was talking about earlier that I was a little nervous to talk about this morning. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There's two things to think about in that line. One, the simple thing to think of is, apart from me, you can do nothing. He's saying, you won't produce without me, okay? He's also saying, when you are doing without me, you're producing nothing. Feels like something, it's nothing. It's those branches that are going to be cut off and thrown into the fire, so apart from me, what you're producing is nothing. Hope that sets good. <laughs> Let's move on. If you will, keep following along in your Bibles. This is good stuff to underline or to, to uh, commit to your memory. He continues to say, "If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withered. Yep. and the branches are gathered." thrown into the fire and burned. Now, when Jesus is saying this, he's not saying this as a threat. This is not like a, you better follow me or I'm going to take a switch off a tree and hit ya. you. Know, this is not his way of threatening you. This is his way of saying, this is reality. I, I mean, I, I made you. I created you. And uh, if, you, if you're not going to produce the way I designed you to produce, you're going to wither. Because whatever you're trying to do will not sustain you or sustain anybody else. And you're just, it's going to happen. So just know that. If you're not with me, it's going to wither. Moving on. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Have you guys ever heard the term, uh, I'm sure you have, welcome to my humble abode, right? So when I, we're talking about that, we're talking about somebody's what? Their house, right? Which is where they, ah, the word abode, another version of abide, right? Live. So the word abide in itself means to live with him. So like in your house, you say there, You rely on it. You rely on the water that comes out of the faucets and out of the showers. You rely on the beds that are there. You rely on the food that's in the fridge. You live in it. It sustains you. It helps you. It gives you a place for rest. So Jesus is saying, live with me. And I kind of want to break down something else. Um, We're going to put Galatians chapter 5 up on the screen for you. Now let's clarify what fruit is. This is my favorite section of scripture in all the Bible. And Paul says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I'm going to read that again. Think about it this way. Think in your life. Where is the fruit in your life? Is, does your fruit look like this? Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace or patience? kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, let's look at the the term there. It says, but the fruit, but multiple things are listed, right? So, grammatically, it looks like it's messed up, but it's not. Because what Paul is clarifying is that fruit comes in a package. I don't know about you, but I sort of grew up thinking that if you were going to be a Christian, you should act loving, you should act joyful, you should act patient, you should act kind, you should act good, you should act faithful, you should act gentle, you should act self-control. But what this is saying is the fruit, what comes out of you has to come from somewhere. You don't act that way and then earn Jesus or earn things. He is a full package. If you're abiding in him, All of these things come out of you naturally. You don't have to fake it or force it. It happens. That's fruit. I used to think growing up, I I I don't want to paint too bad of a picture, but I really thought if I died and I went to hell, if I didn't have a bunch of friends that I had like walked through the Romans road and gotten saved and baptized, I was going down south. I'm done. That's not the fruit we're talking about here. This is the fruit. Not that bringing friends to heaven with you is a bad thing, by the way. But that's not what he's talking about. This is the fruit. We all know all of these things produce even more things that aren't even listed on that list. I think right now, if there's ever a time to recognize our need for abiding, it's right now. So this is a big week. I'm not going to say a whole lot about, about election stuff, but it would be silly not to mention it because it's a big deal, especially where we live and uh, in the community that we live with. And uh, Aaron was out of town this week, so I was along with my boys. And on election night, um, I was watching election, probably much like you, expecting a, a much different outcome. I'm watching the numbers, and I sort of remembered from past elections that they really can kind of fool you. And I actually fell asleep from 10 to midnight on the couch watching. I mean, I think I might even have the remote in my hand. I was like an old Homer Simpson or something in the moment. Not with my hand anyway. But, <laughs> but I fell asleep, and I woke up at midnight, and I was still really out of it. Um, and I could not believe my eyes. I could not believe what was going on I was seeing. I sort of fell asleep again and then woke up again around 2.00 barely, groggy, and sort of nervous a little bit. Now, let me clarify something here. Um, my faith is 100% in, in the real king and the real leader of me and of our people, and that is Jesus Christ. And I'm not really a political person. I have people who I love dearly and respect and admire who voted completely opposite of one another. And I care about their needs, and I think Jesus cares about their needs equally. So let me clarify that. But where I live, some of you and some of the people in my community, because of the rhetoric from this election, are sad. And so that morning, after the election results came through, I felt sad too because... I love my family and my friends, and I was sad that they were sad, and it made me nervous. I'll be honest. That morning, I had to take my kids to school. They had a half day, and so I hung out at the Chick-fil-A close by, because the school is about 20 minutes from my house, so I hung out there to work for the day. I go into Chick-fil-A, and I can't help but be pretty weepy. Um, I sit down. at the table, I've got my chicken biscuits in in my computer, and I'm reading some stories, and I just see some of the responses on Facebook from some of our friends and family here, and I just got really weepy and sobby, and to be honest with you, I'm sitting there, I'm the only white girl in the whole place, and there's probably like 40 people, and there's a group of postal workers right behind me, and I'm thinking, they probably, they're all, nobody is like smiling and carrying on, but nobody is sobbing like an idiot, And I'm sitting there crying, thinking, I have to look like such a dummy right now. Like, just that looks really probably weird. And so I'm crying, and I lean over, and all of a sudden, I farted. (laughs) And I'm not talking like SBD, like silent but deadly. It was, I'm sorry to be so gross, but it was like bubbly and loud. Yeah. And immediately, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4 came to mind, and it says, there's a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh. And somehow, within the span of 20 seconds, I did both. The, the postal workers behind me, all kind of like, I'm pounding, my heart's pounding, I'm like, I have to say something, this is really awkward. And honestly, I did, and for just like three minutes, kind of had a beautiful moment with these guys. And I think, they, I, think that, I think they appreciated what I shared, and I think they appreciated the fart, honestly. <laughs> I think they needed a laugh, too. But here's something that I, and honestly, Aaron and I are still processing um, together as leaders as well as the other restored leaders of, what does this mean for our church, and how do we move forward? And there's a lot to say, and... Um, we're sad, we're sad with you guys, and there certainly is a time to be sad. Not everybody is sad. It's true. Not everybody in our country is sad. Some people feel represented and spoken for. And what it shows to me, and where I'm at in my processing, is that democracy is just not perfect. It's not, it's great. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to live in a country where we get a say. I really do. I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be in a country with people that do have such opposing opinions. I think that's a beautiful thing. I really do. But it shows us that democracy and the American government is not the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. He is the one who provides He's the one that gives us hope and gives us answers and gives us leadership and gives us kindness and gives us goodness and gives us joy and love. That's where we get it from. Not from a leader. Not from an American leader. From Jesus the leader. Let's walk through six ways to abide. I'm going put a list up here for you. This is just, uh, just some, some practical takeaways this morning of what it really looks like to abide, to live with Jesus. Because I think a lot of uh, uh, Christians really kind of have this sense that, well, I go to church, I pray, I even go to a Bible study, I do good things, Uh, every now and then I might even pray in public. Um, And those are good things. But abiding is different than things on a checklist, Abiding is something that is continual. The word, uh, actually, we'll get into this in a second. Let's walk through these six ways to abide. Number one is to have a personal, intimate, private time with him every day. So what that means is whatever that can look like for you. We've talked about this in past messages, actually, before. This can look very different depending on who you are, how you're built, and what your relationship with Jesus is like. I think it's a beautiful thing to wake up every morning and have your prayer time and be alone with him. That's a beautiful thing. That's hard for some people. Sometimes people need it in the afternoon or sometimes need it in just taking a breath, having a silent moment with God in the morning, and then having a good day or two of the week to actually spend time in his word. Whatever that looks like, protect, private, yours and his. Nobody else is invited to those moments. Have moments between just you and Jesus. That's number one. Number two, abide in his word. Every time I say abide, I want you to picture the word live. Live in his word. Here's what it means to live in his word. It means to camp out there. Don't, you know, we're going through scripture today and that's good. Do not check that off your list. Like that's all you need is whatever you get on Sunday mornings. You need to be reading God's word and you need to be doing it regularly and you don't need anybody else to tell you how to do it or when to do it there are plenty of resources if you really do want some leadership there and if you want write on your connection card if you need some help there we're glad to give you tips or websites or give you some ideas but what i mean by that is you don't need me or aaron or any other leader here to call you and say read your bible don't forget you're an adult you know this is important Abide in his word, get to know it, live in it, chew on it, study it, study context. Number three, speak his word. Remember, it's just like the fruit of the spirit, whatever goes in you comes out of you. So what that means is how you live, how you speak, should be a reflection of what you're living in and what you're taking in of his word. So speak it out. That can look very different for different people. Please do not hear that I think you need to walk around like shouting like memory verses at people. I mean, cool if that's your thing. Not really that cool. Be careful where you do that. But, but, I honestly, as a, as a person of faith, there have been a good number of times when I've been interacting with somebody and they do have a scripture memorized and they share it with me, and it blesses me every time. Wow, that somebody has something memorized must mean that it really means something to them. I'm not saying you have to memorize the whole Bible, but get to know it. Cling to something. If there's a verse that sticks out to you, don't be silly and not mark up your Bible. Underline the stink out of that, write some notes write on a post-it note, put it on your mirror, put it somewhere. If it means something to you, God's saying something to you. And you need to hear it and you need to chew on it and you need to live in it and it needs to come out of you. Okay, number four. I love this one. Pray and rejoice without ceasing. We're going to look at a verse here. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we're just going to put it on the screen, verses 16 to 18. Always rejoice, unceasingly pray and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Today, you need to rejoice. We need to rejoice. God is so good to us. Look where you are. Look where you get to be. Look, I mean, We get to live in a country that I'm really proud to live in. I'm proud of that. God provides in lots of ways through that. Look at the people who love you. Look at the fact that you have food and water. God makes sure that it's provided some way. There's always no matter what, no matter what how awful you're feeling. There's always something to be thankful for. The word amen. Literally translated means, so be it. So when you're praying, it is not a, dear God, I love you, the end. I'm done talking to you. I'll talk to you tonight before bedtime. It is a dot, dot, dot. It is, Jesus, so be that. I'm going to keep talking to you all day long. Okay? And if that means taking a moment to say, oh, thank God I got an awesome parking spot. Cool. Hey. Praise God for good parking. That's awesome. Whatever it is, take those moments to acknowledge that you got it good, that he loves you. Sometimes in more important ways than parking spots. Let me clarify. Number five, this is how you abide. You bear fruit. By abiding, it shows that you're abiding, By having that fruit, I'm going to keep using that in a singular form, the fruit of those things will come out of you. Can you remember the times when you have felt the most, not joy and happiness, but the most peace and contentment? It's not always when you're winning. It's not always when you have the best. It's not always when you got everything you wanted. A lot of times that peace comes after a storm and you made it through it, whoo, and I'm good. We're sometimes in the midst of the storm. That's Jesus. That's the fruit of the spirit in you. And that's what it looks like to live a life abiding in Jesus is peace and contentment no matter what may come. Number six, you want to care for his presence. What I mean by that, by this, is consult Jesus. And I don't mean that in a sit down in front of people and be like, dear God, what should we do? I mean, in your heart, throughout the day, throughout your week, throughout your seasons, when you have that tension that you know could be pruning, especially those times, go to him, ask him, talk to him, listen. You don't have a, whatever close relationship that you have, maybe you're married, maybe it's with your mother or father, maybe it's with a child, Maybe it's with a best friend or a partner of some kind. Those close relationships. Imagine having that person's picture in a frame and hanging on your wall. And the only thing you do every day is, how's it going? Love you. Have a good day. Come back to it. Good to see you. Good night. That's not a relationship. That's an acquaintance. Right? But that's not our relationships. They're not up on a wall. They're real people that we really have to work at. So that's what we're saying here is to abide in Christ, you need to care for it, just like you care for those relationships, right? And sometimes they're hard, and sometimes you don't feel like talking. And sometimes you run far away from that person. But Jesus is the one that you can always come back to, always forgives you, always wants to be with you, doesn't hold grudges, always just welcomes you with loving, open arms. What a gift. So I leave you this morning with this thought. First, take this verse and chew on it, this verses, excuse me, and chew on these this week. Abide in these words. What does this mean for you? What's God trying to prune from you? What's God trying to say to you? Where are you fruitful? Where are you not? That's where I want you to hang out. Take that. And then understand this. There is no fear in love. So wherever you are, and whatever is going on with our government and our election and how we move forward, abide in him, and he will give you the fruit that you need and that others need from you. let's pray together.